If you come up closer, this is called the splash zone, like in San Diego at SeaWorld. So, hey, uh, before we begin, Pastor, uh, Pastor Mike and, and Beth are just good friends of ours. So uh, anybody take selfies? We're like the selfie generation. Anybody do selfies? Nobody does selfies. Look up. Come on. Help me out, young folk back there. So come on. Let's do a selfie. Let's get, let's, let's get Pastor Mike wherever he's at, and let's kind of see... Uh, uh, he can see what's going on here at Foothills. Oh, wait a minute. Flip it around. So let me do one over here. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There, there, there we are. Bam. Bam. Okay, here, here we go. Y'all wave right over here. There we are. Come on, y'all Y'all right over there too. Wait a minute. Wait. Wait. Ooh, one more. Bam. Okay, cool. So we have evidence that I can send Pastor Mike tonight that I actually made it from San Diego and was preaching at Foothills. Come on, God is good, amen? Yeah, how many of y'all love your church? Come on, that's pretty, that's like a golf clap. Come on, how many of y'all love your church? Yeah, and, and love your pastor, we do too. Uh, my wife and uh, I love uh, Pastor Mike and Beth, and every time we're with them, uh, we get to hang out a little bit, and uh, we were with them uh, last week. Uh, there was a funeral up, uh, up north, in Stockton, and we rode up there with him. We got to hang out for two days, one day up, one day back, and uh, it's always great being with him and being with Beth, and uh, Beth will always come into the room and make a room smile. Come on, everybody. She'll bring laughter and joy, and, and Pastor Mike, in fact, we were stopped, uh, I think it was, oh man, I can't remember where we were. We were driving his car, and so we had to, we don't gas up, you actually have to kind of electric up, and uh, uh we were waiting for it to get all juiced up, and, and I, took a, I was trying to mess with Pastor Mike, and I had my little phone there taking a picture of him, and he gave me that snarl. He was just looking at me like, don't you dare take a picture of me. So I'm always kind of messing with him, and that's kind of my nature, and so I won't mess with you tonight. Let's jump into the Word. One thing I love about coming to here, even last week, and I've been up to the church a couple times when Pastor Mike has preached, is that... You all are just a blessed congregation. You have pastors that just teach you the Word of God, just lay it out there, and it's easy to understand. In fact, I uh, went online and listened to a teaching that Pastor Mike gave last week, last Wednesday night, uh, before they went away on vacation. Brilliant. Listened to about the first 15, 20 minutes on John 14, 15, 16, some things uh, if you haven't listened to that, maybe you weren't here last Wednesday night, go online and get it, because about the first 10 minutes will kind of get your thinking straight concerning uh, what he's trying to say about building mansions for us in a place that he has for us in Christ. Amen? Open up your Bible over to Romans chapter 4, or your iPad, your Android, your iPhone, whatever you got. We're going to look at Romans chapter 4, uh, verse 17 through 21. I'm going to read it real quick to you. I'll be reading from the New King James. So if you've got Old King James or you've got the Living Bible, whatever, you just kind of figure around where we're going and uh, uh, we'll get on the same page here. And I'll be kind of reading most of the night from New King James, but some of those words say the same thing as well. Notice what it says, verse 17, Romans 4, 17. As it is written, God talking to Abram, Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations, in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Old King James says, calls those things that be not as though they were, right? God calls things that be not as though they were. It says here he calls things that do not exist as though they did exist. Verse 18, who contrary to hope or who against hope in hope believed, 
so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Verse 19, 20, and 21 is really epic. Being not weak in faith, he didn't consider his own body since it was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God or he wavered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. We did that a little bit tonight. And being fully convinced, Old King James says, being fully persuaded, being fully convinced, fully persuaded that what God, what he had promised, he, God, was also able to perform. How many are glad tonight that God's a promiser and God's a performer? Come on, everybody. He's a promiser and he's a performer. And all he asks you and I to do is be a believer. He doesn't ask you to be a promiser and he doesn't even ask you to be a performer. All he asks us to do is enter into what he has promised and what he said, I will perform. And all he says is, just believe me. Just believe me. And it's amazing when I read about Abraham, and many of y'all for, for years, like me, have been reading something like this. And it's amazing when I read it and think about it. Abram didn't have a church. He didn't have a Bible. He didn't have a CD, you know, club. He, he didn't have anybody to encourage him. He didn't have a you know, Christian bookstore. He didn't have Christian radio. He did have some encounters with God, which changed his life. But there's something about this guy that we know from about a 25-year span that finally he got to the place and his wife got to the place that they could produce, they could, they could uh, uh, bring to themselves and, and then bring through herself this seed, this promise that God wanted to perform through them. And he tells us and he gives us in these verses in chapter 4, verse 17 through 21, he gives us the outline on how he did it, these steps. And so I would encourage you, you know, it's, I believe it's verse 16 or so that talks about the steps of Abraham, the steps of faith. So verse 17 through 21, I'd encourage you to be real familiar with that in your Christian walk and concerning faith and how Abram got what he got and how Sarah got what she got and how you and I are going to get what we need to get from the Word of God. It's going to be the process that we see here. But I want to really key on verse 19 tonight and talk really about this. And we'll go to Isaiah 43 in a minute and look at verse 18 and 19. Again, real familiar to a lot of you. But I really want to jump into this one scripture and we'll read it from the old King James, Romans 4, 19. We just read it. Notice what it says. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Would you say this with me? He considered not. Come on, one more time. Let your lungs fill up and just shout it out. He considered not. Yeah. He considered not his own body, but also it says he had something else to do. He could not even consider his wife's situation. Now, I don't know about you, but I got enough on my plate to consider not some things happening to me, my own life personally. But for him to receive what God wanted, something had to happen in him and something had to happen in his wife. So can I tell you, your faith in God is big enough to do something in you and to somebody else that needs deliverance or change. Maybe that's connected with you as well. God's a big God, guys. And it tells us here that this man considered not his own body, which was dead, and considered not the deadness 
of Sarah's womb. Let me read you a couple different translations. Listen to this. And because his faith was strong, he didn't worry, notice this, about the fact that he was too old and his wife was too old. He didn't worry about the fact. He didn't worry about the fact. There was a fact. It is impossible. Can I just say it this way? You're past the age of having a natural child. Your wife's womb is shut down. It is a fact. Here is the doctor's report. Here is, come on, geriatric report. You're too old. You had a good life. You had a good run. It's over. It's done. It's a fact. But it says he did not consider or worry about the fact. I would encourage you. We're in a generation that we've got web.com. We, got, we, we can research anything at a moment right now. You can get on your phone. You can do a Google search, and you can study about every disease, every pain, every torment coming to you. You can do a Google search right now, and we can find out all kind of ways why your business can't succeed. You can do a search right now and find out every reason why you, because your ethnicity, your age, no matter what's, whatever's coming against you, why you can't go to school, why you can't achieve. We can find every single thing, but can I encourage you, don't consider the facts Consider what the word says. Another translation says this. Abraham faced the fact that he and Sarah couldn't have a child. Before you consider not, it means that you have considered. Before you consider not, it means you had to have some consideration about what now you are not going to consider. Agreed? So Abram didn't just say, I'm not going to look, 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 I'm not going to look. It's not there, it's not there. No, he said, no, no, man, no, 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 no. The body's dead. Mama's dead. Come on, mama's womb's dead. It's a fact, but I choose to not consider that. How did the guy do it? He didn't have Pastor Mike feed him the word every Sunday morning, Wednesday night, and healing school, come on, 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 on Sunday nights. He didn't have that. Somehow, the brother just got a hold of God and his word and said, faith is not denial. Faith means I believe God's word supersedes a natural fact. Another translation, listen. Abraham was almost 100 years old, so he was the past the age for having children. Listen to this. Sarah couldn't have children too. Abraham was well aware of this, but his faith in God never became weak. I, I know I'm talking to a church that you've been through enough situations in your life, you know, me as well, where you have to come to a place, or some of you young adults as well, where you come to a place where you say, I'm well aware of the facts. I, I'm well, I, I've got the facts, and this is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. This is what it sounds like. This is what everybody's telling me, but I've got to get to the place that I choose to consider that not. Every faith victory, every challenge, every man or woman of God that ever did anything that came out through the valley of the shadow of death faced the very same obstacles that you and I face. But somewhere along the line, they just have to realize and say to themselves, enough is enough, and I'm not going to look at that. I'm not going to believe that. I'm not going to go that way anymore. I choose to cause my mind, my will, my emotions, my body, I choose to cause my spirit to be alive to God, to believe the report of the Lord. Can you say amen? 
Amen, amen, amen. Come on, the woman with the issue of blood, uh, she didn't consider a condition. She, she came to Jesus. So I, I, I'm, I'm convinced that we have the ability, innate in all of our lives, to choose what we can consider. And I'm amazed, let me just be honest with you, I'm amazed at some people who make it and other people that don't. I don't really think you can tell from the outside. I know there have been some people that have just flat out surprised me that I didn't think that they were going to make it. But they had something on the inside of them. Some people call it, you know, internal fortitude. But they just got a belief that just will not let go. And they'll keep on hanging. They'll keep on pressing. They'll keep on coming through the crowd like the woman with the issue of blood. And there's some other people that I have seen. Let me just, I'm trying to be honest with you tonight. I've seen some other people that I just say they're weak in their soul. Weak in their soul. They can quote me every scripture in the Bible, but when it comes, push comes to shove, their soul, their mind, their will, their emotions to endure hardness, to press when it seems like there's not another ounce in them that somehow they give up and quit. And I want to challenge you tonight to no matter what you're going through, there's got to be a dimension in our life to receive the prize, receive the answer, whether it's for our family, for our health, for our business, Young people, for whatever God's got in store for you, whether it's school and there's no hope, looks like there's no way, can't get out of the situation you're at, you're dead end street, every, answer, you know, every door seems shut, but somehow, some way, you've got to muster courage and strength to say, I'm not going to consider that any longer. I'm going to trust God again today. I wrote this down, man, several months ago. You're believing has to be greater than your thinking until your thinking lines up with your believing. I'll say it again. Your believing has to be greater than your thinking until your thinking, your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, lines up with your believing. We know the process of that. Romans 12, 2 calls it renewing the mind. That there's a congruency between my heart, my spirit, this area called the soul that we see from Hebrews where really it's a connection between the heart and my, my spirit and my, my soul, the heart, the, the, the innermost part of my being where, where I'm lined up with God's will and God's purpose and you hang on and you don't quit and you don't back down. Look with me real quick to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, verse 18 through 19. Abram, it says, he considered not his own body. He didn't consider Sarah's situation as well. Isaiah 43 seems like it's the favorite uh, pastor message on, you know, the first Sunday of January. But it's more than just that kind of message or verse. Notice what it says. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Come on, somebody. That's shouting ground right there. That's a, that's, this is an amazing scripture. Uh, again, Abram, he considered not his own body when it was dead, considered not. And the admonition from the prophet Isaiah to us is do not remember the former things and do not even consider don't even consider the things of old because he says, behold, stop. The word behold, stop, gaze, draw your attention, cause it to be fixated on something else. Behold, I am going to do something new. 
I'm going to do something that hasn't happened up until now. I'm going to make a road in the wilderness. I'm going to make a river in the desert. I'm going to do something that seems impossible. But if you'll allow me to work in you to cause your attention to be refocused, your direction to be refocused. He says, I'm going to do something that hasn't happened up until now. He says, don't remember the former things. So evidently, it's possible for us to act on that because God could never tell us to do something that would be impossible to do. And I know you agree with that. But how many of you know it's easy to get up here and for me to preach it to you and it's a whole nother thing to be living it? Come on, everybody. Come on, right? It's like, it's like you get up in the middle of the night and there's that thing. Come on. You get in the car in the morning and drive up five, up to L.A., and, and there's that thing. You feel it in your body that there's that thing. You see the pictures on your phone of the ones that are connected with you, your loved ones, your children, or whatever, but it's that thing that there's separation between you and them. They're away. So he says, though, do not remember. Do not remember the way it was. Um, We've got uh, at our house there, we live down in South San Diego, Chula Vista. And uh, a couple years ago, got several years ago now, we've got four kids. Um, uh, and we've got three grandkids now, which is amazing. And uh, so my son's 28 and married. My daughter's 26 and married. And then I've got a 21-year-old Jude. And then our daughter's just started a college now, 18. And we've got um, on one of our walls, it was Groupon special. Y'all know Groupon. And uh, there was a deal that they had the canvas, the canvas paintings, right? And it was a wraparound, kind of like the 3D kind of thing. Y'all seen those? And, and so we got a picture, but, and, and it's cool. We got one of my four kids, and then on the other side of the wall, we got one of uh, me and Kimberly and, and the four kids together. And it's a great picture, but the only problem is life has changed. Life's changed. When we took that picture, there was, now I've got a daughter-in-law that should, needs to go in there and a granddaughter. And I've got a, my daughter's married, my other daughter's married, and I've got two grandkids over here now. And so the picture is reminding me of a time past, but the picture is not a current expression of what my family looks like now. And so I thank God that we can take pictures and we can go down memory lane and we can think about what has, what's been and appreciate maybe growth in our children. But you know what? I just like current pictures. I like current pictures. I want to see what God says about me right now. I want to hear what God's word is to me right now. And God says, Gary, no matter how good it's been, no matter what it looks like, I need you to not consider and not remember because I want to do a new thing. You know, all of us can get fixated on the past and just get stuck in the past and get in a rut of the past and just stay engrafted in the way it was. And yet God's saying, don't remember and don't consider because listen, I'm going to do something new. And then he says, now it's gonna bring forth. Now It's going to spring forth. So our faith has to continually be joined to a now God 
where all things are possible. Negative situations, difficulties, challenges, frustrations, all the shut doors, they can change. They can change. I, I like, you know, the story. You've read it before, I'm sure, over in the book of 2 Kings that there's this, there's this uh, um, leader. He's a military leader named Naaman. And he's got it going on. You read it in 2 Kings chapter 5, and it talks about all his accomplishments. But the last phrase says, but he was a leper. He was a leper. So he has a little servant girl in the house, and, and word gets, you know, from her to him that there's a prophet in Israel. Would to God you go there, you get healed. And sure enough, he goes and marches to the king, and the king thinks, man, what's this crazy leader doing? I haven't got, you know, any way to heal him. Well, Elisha hears about it, and Elisha has him come to his house, his tent. And before he comes to the tent, he sends Gehazi, his servant, out to meet him and says, just tell him to go dip seven times in the Jordan, right? And so Naaman gets ticked because Naaman isn't a God follower. Naaman is worshiping idols and falsities. And so he actually says, and he gets, he's mad, and he tells his other people, I, I thought he would come out here and just wave his hand over me and do it the way I'm used to God, quote, unquote, doing it. But finally, his guys calmed him down and said, you know, if he asked you to do something crazy, wouldn't you do it? Finally, he went to the Jordan and dipped seven times. You know the story, he came up, skin was whole. I think that so many times when it comes to our faith walk, we remember how God did it. We remember, oh, it was during that song service, and so in that song service, and, and, when, and, and when she hit the high note, I felt the power of God. And so sing that song one more time. And so it was, it was that same scripture that God delivered. And I'm not saying he couldn't, but I'm saying I don't really believe God's a too much of a formula God. I believe he's a God that wants you to keep finding him. He's a God of discovery. He's a God that wants to be searched out. He's a God that wants you to find him. He's a God that wants you to realize I don't have to remember not only the negative things, but I'm not, I, I need to make sure I don't remember even the things that work because I don't want to think that God's going to do it the very same way because he's a genius and he requires faith. And so it's not faith in a formula. It's not faith in the way it happened before. It's faith in God. Mark eleven twenty two. 22, amen. Have faith in the person of God. Goes on to say there in you know, Romans 4, we read it, that Abram didn't consider the former things. He didn't consider his own body. And then it goes on to say, he staggered not. He staggered not. And so I, I, I got to believe that there's a connection there between me and you when we consider something that doesn't line up with the word of God. That's when we stagger. That's when hopelessness comes in. That's when our walk gets a little wobbly, if you will, that we are not staying true to the word of God, that somehow in our belief system, we are entertaining something we shouldn't entertain. So again, my challenge to you tonight is to look at your life, whatever's going on, whatever you believe in God for, whatever you believe in God for, 
health in your body, something with your marriage, something with your children, something with your business, with the ministry you're involved in, and just ask yourself, am I considering all the natural situations that I see and that I feel, I taste, I touch? Am I just, is it penetrating me now where I'm, I'm actually being moved from a posture of faith and I'm stuck, I'm stuck? Because tonight, I believe, is going to be a night of breakthrough for you. I really do. I really believe tonight's a night that now something is going to spring forth. Something's going to spring forth in your life before the end of the service. I believe that. When it talks about God doing a new thing, it really paints the picture that God is concerned with our future. And God wants to paint a new picture on the canvas of your life. Whether it's physically, whether it's in your marriage. Again, we can get so struck and with struggle that struggle can become normal. It's just like, man, you know, people that don't, you know, just we, we, we go through something for so long and we think that is kind of like they say now, the new normal. I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to succumb to that. I want to believe that God's got new mercy for me every day. Come on, everybody. That great is his faithfulness. Amen to that, right? That every day I get up, God's got something new he can do in my life that doesn't make a difference what's going on, doesn't make a difference what I've received up until now, what it looks like up until now. If I'll just readjust my eyesight, if I'll just you know, draw my attention back on the word of God. Uh, I mean, of course, the, 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 the thought there about behold, God's going to do a new thing. We see that same picture when the nation of Israel, you know, was all jacked up and believing crazy stuff and sinning with Moses in the wilderness. And, and God told Moses, you know, make a pole, put a serpent, a bronze serpent on the pole. And he says, whoever looks at the bronze serpent, the snakes aren't going to, you know, the snakes aren't going to bite you. You know, the snakes, you're not going to get poisoned by them at all. But how many, you know, if the snakes on the ground, come on, y'all seen the movie Snakes on a Plane? <laughs> I didn't, but I mean, I'm glad you did. Y'all laughed. But, uh, snakes on the ground. If the snake's on the ground, the last thing you want to do is take your eyes off them. I, I ride bikes. I, my, my new thing is cycling uh, 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 with a bunch of guys down in Chula Vista. We ride about 150, 180 miles a week. And, and part of the, you know, not mountain bikes, but, but road bikes. And, and so uh, uh, while, we're, while we're going and pedaling, there's some places we're going. And, and, and on the side of the street, we've seen rattlesnakes, not, you know, not in the canyons, with, on the street. And, and, and when you're going down the road, you see a rattlesnake, it has your attention. Come on, everybody. You're not going, hey, I don't think, I, no, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to gaze at it. I'm going to behold it so the brother don't bite me when I go by. <laughs> but God says, don't do that. He says, make sure you're beholding and gazing on me, on the word. Because I'm going to do something brand new. I'm going to do something brand new. Look real quick. Uh, uh, Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Y'all know this. Psalm 1, verse 1 through 3. Blessed, empowered to prosper is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. In the word of the Lord, we'd say. And in his law, or in his word, he meditates. Come on, somebody say meditates. Yeah, meditates. How often? 
Come on, how often? Come on, when it's not night, what time is it? Day, come on. Day and night, this is a lifestyle. What are you doing? Thinking about the word, meditating the word, thinking about the word, pondering the word, day and night. Let's say it this way. Considering what the word says, remembering what the word says, day and night. Evidently, it's possible, or else it wouldn't be in there. Evidently, I can train, you can train our minds to think about God and his word concerning the situation that you're faced with, day and night. He says, if you do that, you're going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that's bringing forth fruit in its season whose leaves shall not wither. And whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever. Come on, somebody, whatever. <laughs> Thank you all back there. Whatever he does is going to prosper. If we'll meditate the word day and night, if we'll observe to do according to all that's written in it, we're going to make our way prosperous, Joshua says. We're going to have good success. The process of meditation. So let me just ask you a real quick question as we're talking about considering and not remembering. What have you been thinking about all week? What have you been thinking about since last Sunday when you were here at church? What's been penetrating your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect? What'd you hear on Monday that's still with you on Wednesday? Have you been absorbed by what you're hearing? Like a sponge, whatever is around a sponge gets absorbed. Whatever's there gets absorbed. Whatever you're around continually, whatever you allow yourself to hear continually, you absorb it. Uh, remember the story with, uh, we said it a moment ago, or I guess we didn't say this one, uh, about Jairus' daughter over in the book of Mark. I mean, the brother, we talked about just a little bit about uh, uh, the woman with the issue of blood. Again, hair-raising kind of situation. Jairus, his daughter, is at the point of death. He finds Jesus he is bringing Jesus to the house. And on the way from Jesus going to the house, Jesus has an encounter with the woman with the issue of blood. Not about you, but I'd be ticked at Jesus for stopping helping the woman because I was first in line. <laughs> you said you're coming to my house. But how many know Jesus is just never late and Jesus is never in a hurry? I need to learn that a little bit more. Never late, never in a hurry. And so while he deals with all the woman with the issue of blood situation, which, which could have took quite a while, we read it in about six or seven verses, but could have took a little while, people come from Jairus' house, you know the story. Don't trouble the master any longer. Your daughter's dead. Amplified Bible says Jesus overhearing but ignoring what they said, looked at Jairus and said, don't be afraid, only believe. Overhearing, but ignoring. Considering, but considering not. Come on. The God, come on everybody. The God, Jesus, who lived as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost is the same Jesus who lives in you. His victory is your victory. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. So if he did it, you can do it. 
You and I have the power, the capacity to overhear things and shut our ears to it and remember and consider the word of God that he's a promiser and he's a performer and we're gonna believe again. Believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Come on, everybody. Man, thank God for the word. Thank God. So if we're listening to negative situations, we're listening to doubters, we're listening to fear mongers. We're, you know, if we, got our, uh, if we got Fox News on 24 hours a day or CNN, God help us, or CNNBC, uh, and, that, and we're listening to it 24 hours a day, uh, I, I would stand to reason that we might be a little bit distant from God's purpose and plan for what he wants to do in our life. Uh, the, the process of right believing must include Bible Meditation. Somebody said this, that meditation is a spiritual experience that causes a permanent change in your thinking. Meditation is a spiritual experience that causes a permanent change in your thinking. I used to think this way. I don't think that way any longer. Whatever it is, no matter what it is. I used to think God, God, God could, maybe God can heal, but he doesn't heal everybody. Uh, well, now I've got to change that because what's going to happen when you're attacked physically? What, what do you think about, about marriage? What do you think about, about what God could do in your life, about what God can do with your children? If you're not careful, we'll start considering the way the world considers when all along God's got another report. I mean, you do know this. The scripture says, as a man thinks in his heart, come on, what's the rest of that? So, so is he. How you think will determine how you is. Not good English, but we all get the point. Um, real quick, let me just read a couple more thoughts to you tonight, and then I, I just wanna, I just really got in my heart tonight that we just have a time of prayer. Is that okay? Just, 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 I just, man, I just, want this place up here just to be an altar where we just ask God to help us not consider and not remember things that are penetrating us. So come on, just get your heart ready for that in the next couple minutes because I believe God wants to do something in our midst tonight. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. Lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light, right? But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that's in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And now we know from this passage of Scripture, Jesus isn't saying that your natural eye is letting light into your body because we know that's inaccurate. What's he saying? How you see is determined by what's inside you. The lamp of the body is the eye. So whatever's going on in your spirit, whatever's happening in here, if there's hopelessness, if there's fear, if there's worry, if there's concern, if there's I don't think so, it's never, I've never seen that happen before, I don't believe God can, if there's doubt and unbelief, if, whatever's going on in here would be determined by what I see. Where two people can see the very same thing and one sees great opportunity, great belief, great hope, and somebody else says great fear and great neglect and I'll never get it. And how could that ever happen? 
and, 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 and that, that can never change. And my life will always be this way. The Bible says the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, the candle of the Lord. So how we see is determined by what's inside us. And how we see can change by meditation. Believing the word, speaking the word, pondering the word, confessing the word. Jesus is telling us a dark outlook is revealing, can I say it this way, a darkness inside, a weakness inside. So if I want to change my outlook, I've got to change my inside. I've got to come back to the word. If I keep remembering, I keep rehashing, you know, the crash of 2008, that's all I think about. And I've already missed another opportunity. I keep thinking about the divorce and the hurt and the pain and the struggle. And yet God says, I want to do something new. I've got a new man. I've got a new woman for you. I keep thinking about the child that left and the hurt and the pain and the addiction and the rehab. And yet I've got two children at home that are going through situations that need my love and my care. We've got to be people who get to the place that we say, I'm done considering that. And I'm done remembering that. And I choose to believe God as a promiser and as a performer. Pastor Mark Hankins, a friend of ours, he says, God is never asking you to move your mountain. All he's asking you to do is speak to your mountain. All you need to do is have a meeting between God and your mountain. And you introduce your mountain to your God by your words. Come on, everybody. But if you keep remembering, can't happen, been there, not going to happen, not going to change, never going to change, nobody's ever seen it change, nobody in my family's ever seen it, then how is God ever going to do something new? Y'all remember here just two quick uh, thoughts that we've got from the Word of God, then we're going we're gonna to pray and uh, uh, we're going to have a good night. Israel was surrounded uh, by the enemy. You know the story, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, so don't, don't, don't bother turning there. You, you know it well. Jehoshaphat gets the word, you know, enemies all around. Looks hopeless in the natural, but how many know when it's hopeless in the natural when you hang around people of faith, God always going to give you a word. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Wave your hands in the air like you just don't care. <laughs> So here was the word from the prophet. Don't be afraid. The battle isn't yours. The battle's God's. He says, you know, you, you won't need to fight in this battle. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. How many know that's a good word? Yeah, that's a pretty good word. And so you know the story. Jehoshaphat set himself and fasted and praying, and that word came forth. And, and, and it says this in 2 Chronicles 20, 20. Listen to this. Jehoshaphat stood still and said, Hear me now, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe. Come on, baby, yell, Believe. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. We say believe pastors, believe ministers of the gospel. Believe the word. Believe the word. Now, now I, I guess what we could also say is here is don't remember and don't consider that the enemy's all out there. 
don't remember, don't consider. And we read the Bible, and I think that we read it a little skewed because we read it and we can read what happened before, what happened during, and what happened after. And we know what happened after. God came on the scene. Jehoshaphat got the praise and worship team. How, how many of y'all might be, might be on, uh, if you're on the praise and worship team on that day, you might go, you know, laryngitis, I, I just don't know if I can sing. Because he sent them out at the front. Come on, everybody. <laughs> uh, and they began saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. So I just encourage you, when you don't know what to say and you're facing your giants, just say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Come on, that's a good thing to say, isn't it? Come on, how about we just practice one time? Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Come on, you did too good one more time. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. How about you just shout that on the way home tonight? When you wake up in the night, when you get up in the morning, and it looks like you have the opportunity to remember and consider, how about you just say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever again today. And sure enough, God came on the scene and God routed the enemy for him. God routed the enemy for him. We see the end result, but what would we do with that prophecy? What would we do? Believe the word. Believe the prophets. The only way, the only way that we would believe is if somehow in our heart we have chosen to not remember and not consider. Last story I'll leave you with. Again, you know it well, 2 Kings 6 and 7. The Bible says this, the city of Samaria was surrounded, besieged, we would say military blockade. We know that a little bit about what we've done to Iran for the last several years. No food or supplies were coming in or coming out. They were shut off. The enemy, as you can imagine, was starving them out, starving the city out for months. It brought famine. It actually says this, it got so bad, people were eating donkey's heads and they were also bidding for the right to purchase dove's dung. It got so bad that, uh, that in fact, before the king came to Elisha the prophet, that women were cannibalizing their children. But then God gives a word and I can't stress it enough, Every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday you're here, every time you open up your Bible, every time you crack open your iPhone and your Android and you've got the Word of God, God is giving you the ability to hear Him so you can consider not something and remember something again. And a God gives Elisha a word and He says, listen, tomorrow, this time, and here's just kind of the scenario, what He's saying, whatever the prices have been, it's all going to change. There's going to be an economic turn tomorrow, tomorrow. And the Bible says there was a man there, an officer who served the king, and the, he said this. He said, if God could open up the windows of heaven, this could never happen. And Elisha says, you're going to see it with your eyes, but you're not going to get a chance to eat of it. And you know what happened? You know what happened? The Bible says the very next day, there are four lepers sitting outside there. They went outside of the enemy's camp, and they found this great spoil. And all of a sudden, God routed the enemy that was outside those gates that had besieged them for months. And in less than 24 hours, 
The entire city was saved. Resources were brought in. The famine was over. And the Bible says that the man who said it couldn't be done, he got trampled at the gate by all the people trying to go get the supplies. The prophet's word came to pass. The word of God always comes to pass. But the officer who wouldn't believe, he died at the place of his indecision. He died at the place he said it couldn't happen. I'm convinced that we can be alive and live out a long life and live a long time, 80, 90 years, but still really never live past a place where we say, I'm still considering that. I'm still remembering that. So I'm existing on the outside, but there's deadness on the inside of me to really believe God again. We all hear stories about families that maybe they had, you know, couldn't have children. Just heard a story recently, a couple, 20 years, 25 years, couldn't have children. The man's an old man now. He's like, he's like, I'm 55. He's like 55. And all of a sudden, he and his wife, they just, they're having a baby right now. It's like, what? <laughs> You're supposed to be grandpa, you know? And no, he's just going to be a daddy. And just how? I don't know. I don't know how. Other than just believe God. And every day, make up your mind, I refuse to remember or consider what hasn't happened up until now. Come on, stand up, everybody. Would you do it? I don't know if you all play any kind of soft worship music or anything, if you want to get on a guitar back up here or something, or I don't know what you all normally do. But here's what I just like to do. You're facing something right now, and it's probably everybody in the room, that you have the ability to consider or not consider. Something in your own physical body, something with your family, something with your business, something with your children, or something I've not even said. And it's on you. I mean, it's just on you. And there's nothing wrong that it's on you, but let's believe God tonight that it gets off you, that the word of God comes alive in you tonight. I'm gonna ask you that you just, come on, just, just come up to the front right now. Let's just make this place an altar. I'm gonna come right down here with you, step right down here. Come on, we're just gonna pray. Come on up here right now. All across this auditorium, Father. Come on, we're just drawing near to God tonight. That's all you're doing. You're just taking another step toward God. Physically on the outside, it's just saying something about what's going on internally in your heart. Come on, just get as close as you can all across the front. Come on, whatever's limiting you, whatever's on you right now, I want you to behold a new thing. I'm imploring you by the Spirit of God as you've heard the Word of God and you have had ears to hear what the Spirit's saying tonight. I'm not going to consider this any longer. I choose to remember the Word of the Lord. I choose to remember the report of the Lord. And so come on, let's lift up our eyes to the heavens right now. We lift up our eyes, oh God, to you. Come on, let them hear you tonight. We lift up our eyes, oh God, to you tonight. You're our help. You're a helper in time and need. We need you tonight, oh God. Jesus, you're our Lord. 
Holy Spirit, you're our helper. You help us see. You help us see. Help us see Jesus. You help us see the word. You help us see and hear something we haven't heard or seen up until now. For our lives, for our children, for the ministry you've called us to, for our business, for our families, for our, in our bodies, oh God. Father, you strengthened Sarah to conceive seed when she was past the age, oh God. Strengthen us tonight, oh God. Strengthen us with might in our spirit, oh God. Strengthen us. Tonight we ask, we believe that from Ephesians 3. Strengthen us, oh God. Strengthen us. Strengthen us, oh God. We prophesy, I prophesy from the word, Isaiah 43, over this congregation. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now, things are springing forth now. Now, there's newness. Now, there's hope. Now, there's freshness. Now, a new faith, oh God, rising in our hearts. And we're not going to be concerned about how or when we believe now. Now. Father, I bless this congregation with heaven's blessings and earth's joys, oh God. Father, we reach out to you tonight, the God who loves us, the God whose grace is all sufficient. So Father, cause their feet to be strengthened tonight. As you said in Hebrews 12, their knees to be strengthened, their hands that have hung down to be lifted high, oh God, tonight. Their eyes to see Again, with clear vision, your word and your purpose renewed tonight, oh God. Every young person, every single, every married couple, every senior in this room tonight, oh God, to finish out our course with joy, oh God. Our best days are days ahead. You're not done with us, oh God. You're not done. Father God, we shout like Caleb, give us this mountain. We believe we can climb. We believe we can soar. We believe we can move again with you, oh God. So all we say tonight is thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for the word of the Lord. Thank you for great strength, great peace coming to us, oh God. Thank you, Father, tonight. In Jesus Christ's name. Come on, say amen and amen, 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 amen. Amen. Mark, come on up here. Praise the Lord. We love you. Appreciate you. Always a joy to be here with you. And uh, uh, I think I'm going to be seeing you again in November. So I look forward to that.